Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Just how bad was this week for the Philadelphia Flyers? One point. Just one point on the week. No end in sight for this losing streak. Let's talk about it all right now. This is the Orange and Back Check Podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. It is episode 94 of Orange and Back Check. So glad you are here as always. A guy across from me who I know is not hitting the panic button button yet because he is more self-controlled than I am. Scott Weinhardt, what's going on, brother? Well, I mean, I'm self-controlled in the sense where <clears throat> it's the holidays, you know, yes. nice Thanksgiving, a little bit of a distraction with some, you know, decent football over the weekend. And, you know, it's really fun to watch the Flyers Boston Scott it over the weekend. So, you yeah. know, uh, I, I I had a chance to go to my first game this season against Carolina and we'll get into it in a bit. But ugh, I, there, there's been some distractions from hockey over the past couple of days. Not to say it's been kind of pleasant. <laughs> been kind of pleasant it, it has been and, and it, one of those distractions is if you're a soccer fan is the philadelphia union i mean the philadelphia union have made the eastern conference finals for the first time in their uh in their franchise history and i said this way early on might have been even in quote-unquote season one of this of this of this podcast the union had an opportunity when the flyers were really bad and the sixers were really bad to make an imprint into the uh echelon of sports here in philadelphia uh the sixers are not a bad team they they were just getting over the joel Embiid uh having a covid 19 but the flyers are not good like they are really struggling and when people hear that the union are in the eastern conference finals they're in the final four of their respected league that turns heads and the flyers all of a sudden could find themselves i'm not saying it's going to happen overnight or tomorrow, or if they make if the union make the finals, it's just one of those things where people turn away from a losing and a, and a bad looking franchise like the Flyers are when they get wind of what is happening down in Chester, Pennsylvania, with the Philadelphia Union. Just something to keep an eye on uh, these next couple weeks because obviously next Sunday is when they'll have the Eastern Conference Finals. But the Flyers have a couple of days off here. The Islanders, thankfully, are going to be. Uh, I shouldn't say thankfully, but because of the, their COVID issues, the Flyers uh, game was postponed tomorrow night, and they have a couple days more right, days rest here before they take on the Rangers. And then, unfortunately, you got the the Lightning again. So it's not certainly not something that's going to turn around quickly. Um, we're a quarter of the way through. Have we hit the panic button? What do we do? Like, what is 
what convinces us that they can turn the ship around compared to last season? Because I'm getting serious vibes from last season for this team right now, and that's obviously not a good thing. Yeah, the way they started, it's surprising they're playing this poorly right now, but they've scored three goals or more. Actually, they haven't scored more than three goals since since October 22nd, and they've only scored three goals three times in the last 14 games. So that's bad. So, yes, I'm not ready to hit the panic button, but it's getting close to time to hit the panic button. Uh, like, it, not panic in a sense of, hey, this team might not be as good as we think they are. They've had struggles with injuries. You know, Ryan Ellis and Kevin Hayes has been a big loss for them, and they kept their heads above water by playing about 500 hockey until now you're on a six-game losing streak. And also now you're down uh, Derek Broussard, who's been an impact player for this team. And the bug just keeps hitting them. And it's it's problematic in a sense where the coaching staff, and I'll get right to it, the coaching staff is not doing well enough to put these players in the best position to win. I went to the game this past Friday against Carolina. It was some of the sloppiest, most disorganized hockey I've ever seen in my life. In my life. Like, I watch a lot of hockey. I've seen a lot of bad teams. It's not a lack for effort. It's a matter of the coaches are not setting this team up with the players they have. Injuries play a factor, but they're not setting the team up to be successful enough. They're, I think they're the way they're playing, they're playing more not to give up goals, and it's really showing offensively. But the problem is, is that all their problems start in the defensive zone, and it's affecting the entire team. Yeah, I don't know if they have an answer for it right now. I really don't. I said last week in the first period of their shootout loss to Tampa Bay here, I think it was here in Philly, if I remember, if I remember the yep. schedule correctly, their shootout loss in the first period, they jumped out to that two nothing lead and you saw them really doing well in getting the outlet pass, creating the rush off the turnover or just in their own zone. And then suddenly, ever since then, it's completely disappeared. There's no and and again, like you said, I don't, I, I, I can't. And even Claude Giroux said it. Like it's just that's not an excuse, or it's it's just a poor excuse to use injuries with Kevin Hayes and Ryan Ellis and now Broussard. And maybe he's back because they did send back down um, Willian and someone else that I'm blanking on back down to Lehigh. But like, there's a chance that Broussard might be back. But even then. Like, this is not something that seems to be fixing itself on its own. And the people that are responsible for fixing it uh, with uh, Elaine Vigneault and Michelle Tarion and, and Mike Yo, they don't seem to really want to change their ways. As as we've talked about, Elaine Vigneault is a dinosaur coach. He, he's as He's a hard, he's hard on his players and he wants results. And if he doesn't get results, he just pushes you harder, it seems, rather than changing his style. And I don't see him changing that anytime soon. So I, I just I don't see at this current moment a the a, a, a quick turnaround by Christmas. I, I like what's what's the barometer of when we can say like, Oh, we're confident this team can turn it around before they're completely out of it. When they can win more than three in a row. Yeah. Which they, they really haven't done all season long. They've won two in a row, uh, but they haven't won three in a row and you know, they've won four out of five. That's pretty good. Yeah. Since I mean, then, and thank they've been and playing, they played 500 hockey and then now six game losing streak after playing 500 hockey for the better part of half the month. And then, you know, your last win was on November 16th. I mean, you know, yeah. that's that's a major problem. The last time, again, they've had 
so far in November, they've had, I'm sorry, they've had one, two, they've had three wins the entire month. Four wins, excuse me. Since November 2nd, they've played a total of 12 games and they have four wins. And that's not good to begin with, but it's more or less is that when you look at this team right now, and you know me, I'm not one here to to really be pessimistic about anything. I'm not I'm not going to say this is an indictment on the coaches, but at the same time, it is an indictment on the coaches. And to clarify my contradiction right there, I'm not saying this is all the coaches' fault. Injuries play a factor, but the best coaches put their players in the best position to win. You look at the power play, for an example. I was up at the 200 level watching this, and I'm just watching, and I just had my hand, my hands like, how are they expecting to convert on this? They're setting up an umbrella formation. So you got two guys near the blue line. Every winger low, you have try, somebody trying to get in the middle. It looks like in the shape of an umbrella. They're trying to set it up. You can't really play the box against an umbrella because the middle's there. So they shift from a box of four players in the, in the, in the slot, and they change it to a diamond shape. So you have one player up top, one player at the, at the bottom of the slot, and two players on each side of the circle. One of them pressure on the puck carry. The middle's gone. So, But the problem is they're looking for that pass to the middle, and then when they get the puck back to the point, they don't shoot. Even with lanes. Now, I understand when people yell in the, in the stage and stage, shoot it. There's no lane. They're not going to shoot it. But right. there was plenty of opportunity where I've seen like Keith Yandel. I saw Travis Sanheim have opportunities to put the puck on that, and they elected to pass it. It's a confidence issue for them. They're trying to be too cute. They're not driving the puck to the net. This team needs to convert from the way it's playing right now. They're probably going to beat some fancy schmancy umbrella, fast-moving power play, which they're not, to be a, a shooting-style power play where you're getting it back to the point you're driving to the net. You're trying to get deflections. You're trying to get plays down low. And if the puck goes down low, you cycle it back up and get that box open. They're not doing any of that. And that's yeah. coaching. That's no, not out coaching. It's 100% coaching. It's one of those things where we talk about dirty, greasy goals, the ugly goals that don't look great on the, on TV. They don't look great in the stands, but you're still scoring. And that's all that fans want. Yeah. As long as fans see a goal, a, the puck in the back of the net, they are happy and and will put up with your god awful goal song when you're at home and scoring goals. Like it's just one of those things where if you can actually just make the adjustments. Like we've been talking about the struggles for the power play, better part of three episodes now, maybe even a month long episode, including yeah. this one. Like it's the same thing we've been saying since that first episode when we realized that the power play was really struggling. So it boggles my mind that Fletcher is giving so much slack not just to elaine vigneault but to everyone along the bench like it and maybe that's because fletcher and he probably likely has has given autonomy to av to decide what he wants to do with his assistant coaches but somebody's got to step in and go hey dude this is not working you're forcing a square uh, a circle and around in a square peg and it's not fitting the system that you're trying to do with your players the whole point that we talked about the this what is success could be successful about the roster overhaul that you saw where Ryan Ellis, Ristolainen, uh, uh, Cam Atkinson is now in this on this team was because they played new Broad Street bully hockey, tough, gritty, and not going to take no for an answer. And uh, and it's one of those things where yes, they get they put the body on you, but they're not creating the correct system on the offensive side, the defense on the most part has been good. And technique wise, technique wise, right. systematically. No, they have not. 
but and that but then you also have the elite sense of the goaltending that has been is responsible for your eight games probably yeah, yeah, like if yes, you look at all 100%. eight wins they are they're the reason you won the games yep the fact that you're losing these three one while outside or barely winning these games i i just cannot believe that there's not a move to be made at the coaching level because you're stuck with the players you are like you're you have i mean like you're not going to move somebody and all of a sudden johnny goudreau is walking in that system and going hey guys i'm here i'm here to save the day even even with the players that you have now kevin hayes and ryan ellis when they're healthy which I imagine will be maybe late December, early January, if you want to get them fully healthy. Like they're not walking through the door and being this Messiah figure of now the offense is good. The offense should be good, even with those two players out and three, if you want to count Broussard. Like it's just, it's, it's, it's up and down the line, a coaching issue that seems to not want to be, they want to be stuck in their ways and force this and not adjust to the players that they have on the system. So here, here's, here's where I'm at with it. And I watched, I was at, again, I was at the Carolina game on Friday and I'm watching this. And when they had the puck in their own end, they almost panicked with it. Even when they had mm-hmm. time to move with it, they would make an outlet pass. Their system just does not work. Your def, your defense, when the way you break out of your own end, your zone exits are the start of your offensive pressure. So you need to get a clean out of your system, out of your own end, into through the neutral zone as quickly as possible, and then into the offensive zone. Whether you're dumping it, whether you're rushing it, whether you're you know either carrying by it, or you're taking, you're carrying it, or or you're dumping it, and then generating a four check from there. They're not getting the puck cleanly out of their own end, and it's a massive, massive problem. Because I watch Carolina, and I'm like, what they're they were doing was just absolutely incredible. Now Carolina's good. I'm not taking away anything in Carolina. The Flyers didn't have a great first period and got away with the lead. They had a much better second period, in my opinion, and they had they gave up four goals. So the problem I found was that, say, for instance, the, that the Flyers with the puck on their own end, say it was behind the net. There's only one defenseman back there, okay? So, like, there's no support. That's the first problem, is that these defensemen are on an island because they have someone winning at the blue line on either side of the puck, or whatever, whatever the strong side of the puck is, where the puck is going, waiting for a pass. And then they get these passes off and they can't handle them and they're turning the puck over right there. Or what's happening with Carolina was doing in that situation is if they had one flyer down low with the puck, Carolina was pressuring a player on the puck carrier and then taking away the pass. So they had nowhere to go with the puck. So the flyers are panicking and just trying to get out of the zone, but there's nobody low enough to support. Everybody's at the blue line. The center's not swinging low enough to the slot from the blue line to be able to uh, to get into a passing or find a lane for them to pass the puck. Guys are just stationing there at the blue line. They're looking for a quick out. It doesn't work like that. When you're pinned down, you need another guy down supporting. When Carolina was at the other end, I saw that exactly going on. If the Flyers would dump the puck in, first of all, they're only sending one four-checker against two defensemen because Carolina would just park two guys if the puck went down low. They'd have two guys behind the net. D to D pass, boom, they're out the zone. Only one four-checker in on the play. They couldn't generate anything like that. All that stuff I'm talking about right here, it's it's all systematic. It's systematic. It changes everything because, the for instance, Carolina, what they're doing to the Flyers is they're sending two players in, generating that turnover, generating that offense. That's exactly what you need from this team. And then when the Flyers are on their own end, they're dropping into a 1-4 at the blue line to try to stop them and or dropping into a 1-2-2 to try to box them out. One guy up in the middle, 
two near like the top of the circle, two near the bottom of the circle. That's a one, two, two, or they're dropping in. We're dropping four at the blue line. We're one sitting up into a one, four, one near the neutral zone near the center ice. And then four across the blue line. These, these don't work against fast teams because a one, four, you just jump it in and get around them. And a one, two, two there, you're, you're going to get beat off the rush that way. Like that's exactly, you're not in great position because you're giving them the outside. So the problem I'm seeing is that the Flyers and Joel Farabee made said something like, oh, we're in a tough spot of our schedule where we played really good teams. Yes, Carolina's a good team, but you had a chance to win. You had the lead on them twice. You're, yeah, no exactly. You're, if Farabee's saying you're supposed to be one of these good teams, you're, we're not saying that you're good in, this, in the same echelon as the Tampa Bays, and you, but you could be in the same echelon as Carolina. Carolina is kind of on a heater right now, but they're still – there may be one tier or in just the high end of the tier that I thought the Flyers would be in. Tampa Bay is in a league of their own right now because obviously they're the defending champs. Uh, Boston's a good team. Florida's, like, Florida's, Florida's a, new, a great team. You had a great game against Florida. They, they yes. shot to the moon, but at the same time, they hit the post. You played them very well defensively. So I don't know I how under- they responded to that Carolina game after yeah. playing pretty decently against Florida. And even New Jersey, when they played the Devils, they just seemed like they were just tired of it. The team that should have yeah. been tired was the devil or was was Carolina should have been tired because they were coming off the end of their road trip that had them going all across the continental US and Canada. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the Devils, you got you gotta show up for an in-division game, not just an in-division game, uh, but a rival that's right there on you. Like yeah. I get Carolina's in the same division as you now with the with the realignment and four divisions uh across both conferences, but New Jersey, Pittsburgh. New York Rangers, New York Islanders, you got to show up night in and night out for these teams. And, and if you don't, you get results like what you had in the 5-2 loss against uh, New Jersey. But the problem I keep seeing is just the fact that, uh, to your point, in, in, the, in the rushes, like even Ivan Provorov is struggling to control the puck. When Ivan Provorov is having the puck skip over his, his sticks every once in a while, and a lot more wild than 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 not. I mean, that's a sign that he is in his own head and not able to figure out what he is supposed to supposed to do with the puck. Or he's not getting clean enough passes out of the zone to begin yep. with. He's trying to do too much with the puck before he gets it because yep. they keep getting pressure and the Flyers don't have enough support players around it. Like this, all this stuff we're talking about. This all comes back to coaching. This is what I'm saying is that you set your best players up to win. Now, I see where the Flyers are going with this, and, here, and here's why. This is why Vigneault and Terrian and Yo have all this have this set up, is that they're dropping basically into a 1-2-2 two, two because they feel like they're not going to give up big chances that way. But what happens is that when they're getting pinned in their own end without support, it doesn't matter what kind of system you're running. You, you're like, for instance, like last night, like Ristolainen giving away that pass. Like he yep. made the pass. It was a little too hot to handle, but you saw Ristolainen what he did. He just stopped in his tracks. Yep. He I mean, it, even, and he didn't go on the back check until after the other player had the puck. He just kind of paused and wait till it happens. Like, yep. You can't keep need to be moving. You need to make sure that if that player doesn't work out, you're, yes, like, you can't give up your man, but you have to swing back and get support for the guy a little bit. And he did it too late. It, it just, they're not playing good systematic hockey. They're not playing good systematic hockey. And the thing that you go to when you're a struggling team is you change up the lines and you change up the lines. You saw that Provera was paired with Ristolainen for a little bit. Uh, Sandheim and I think Braun were together maybe. Uh, but either way, they he changed up the lines from the defense to the offense. The problem I always come back to is, yes, that yes, you want to find new chemistry with your with lines and see if something somebody will take a jump off playing with a new teammate. 
But if you're playing the same system, if you're playing the same umbrella, if you're saying if you're playing the same uh, uh, outlet, you're playing the same rush, you're playing just the same offensive setup, nothing's going to change. Like, yes, maybe Fairway will get hot. Who has gotten hot over the last couple of games? I think he has two games in four or two goals in four. And it's nice to see. Obviously, it's not enough. If you're on a six-game losing streak, everything needs to be on the table to change it up. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe, again, because they're off tomorrow unexpectedly against the Islanders dealing with COVID, and you are going up to New York again on Wednesday to face the Rangers, maybe you can get something going. Maybe now you're taking the time. I don't have faith because, again, I come back to A.V. just being stuck in his ways. We're now talking two seasons in a row. Like, it's more becoming a, 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 like, it's more becoming a reality to me that 1920 was more of a fluke than 2020, or excuse me, than 2020, 2021 and what we're dealing with now in 2021, 2022 season. There is a better chance that we end and we're talking about what went wrong again, similar to 2021, than the successes of 1920 with this team right now. And that is a major, major issue. I don't disagree. Look, I I get where you're in a already tough division. You I mean you're 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 seventh in the division. With an eight, eight, and four record, you're seventh in the division. You're and the only reason the you're yeah, and the only reason you're so uh you're in seventh and not eighth is because the Islanders are struggling and dealing with COVID. It's yeah, the only 100%, reason. Hundred percent, and they haven't got off to a great start. They started off with that massive road trip, but your your goal differential is minus twelve. I mean, you're not scoring enough. You're not helping yep. your team out. And now the problem is now is that your goaltending was getting you by. Now your goaltending is not showing to show cracks in the foundation, but. You can't expect them to win you every game. I mean, no. yeah. granted, their stats have been outstanding. I mean, Carter Hart still has a save percentage of 920. Martin Jones has a save percentage of 921. Even after yeah, the they're last both above games. 920, which is yeah. elite or uh, is, is really is good. Superb slash elite goaltending in today's NHL. But look so, at their goals against average. I mean, that's yeah. the case. If the save percentage is 920, 921, but their goals against average Carter Hart's 2.67 and Martin Jones is 2.87. I mean, we're talking a couple of games ago. He was over, he was under, he was just under two. Yep. What that tells me is that they're seeing a lot of rubber. They're seeing a lot of pucks. They're having to make a lot of saves. I mean, <laughs> Carter Hart, uh, Martin Jones in seven games has 253 shots against, has given up 20 goals in seven games with 253 shots against. Okay. That is close to what? 30 or it's well over 30 shots a game. It's like 30, 35 shots a game. That's a lot. Carter Hart in 13 games has 440 shots against. That's absurd. How many? 430? 440. Oh. So that's roughly like over. That's well over 30 as well. That's well over 30. That's like 33, 34 shots a game. It's it's absurd. And like that's a lot of shots you're giving up against your goaltending. At some point, they're going to start to fatigue. And it's something you really have to be concerned about with already a condensed schedule in in an Olympic year with with an all star game. So, like, this team has no time for this type of losing streak right now, especially given that tough the division is. I'll say this, and I will say, I'm not fully ready to pull the plug on Vigneault yet. If you look back at the benchmark, John Stevens got canned right around 25 games. Okay, mm-hmm. Dave Haxtall right around the same time as well, like 20, 25 games. Yeah, right now, right around window. Christmas. Right. So I mean, it's uh, right now is the time where you have to look at this and say, okay. A, is there anybody better out there? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure of that. 
How long yes, would it there take? Is. Well, I'm saying, yeah, uh, of course, I'm saying there is a uh, there is there is, there is a name, is. and Who? it's it's a it's a popular name. Bruce, they, Bruce Boudreaux? No, they. Uh, I I, I can't give Tortorella? you. John Tortorella? No. Okay, as I say, do you think Tortorella would click with this locker room? Former flyer so. though. Rod Brennamore? He's he's not no. available. No. Former flyer? Uh-huh. A former flyer. Uh, you know here. this. They were they just went into the Hall of Fame. Rick Tockett? Rick Tockett. I've heard uh, whispers. I've heard whispers that that is what some people go for. I mean, he had that stint in what, Arizona for a bit? Yeah. Uh, Operation Slapshot. And he went back again, too. I mean, he look, he's won cups with the – he won cups as an assistant with the Penguins. I think that mm. – Yes. Okay. Would that be a change? Yes. But also, here's what I actually I will say this. I do kind of like that because you know how Rick Tockett played the game. He played yes. the game, knows you work hard, you do all that stuff. I will say this. And I will say this. And I I don't have a problem if they make a change for Rick Tockett and do that right now. I think that actually be very good because it's a different mentality in here. I think it would mm-hmm. be good because he's gonna probably be more technical about how the guys need to play the game. The knock I've heard on Vigneault has been that he doesn't really spend time with the players looking at the details. Just go in there and work harder in the corner, work harder in the corner, not spending time on the detail of the game. I think this team needs to work on more details and run more drills in practice that are more skill-focused and not so much team drill-focused. That's Even at this level, you still need to work on your skill development. That is vital to be successful in hockey. And one of the things, just but just thinking from my days as a coach, what I used to do is that I noticed every game, if we weren't doing something well, that would be my first thing to focus on. If we weren't passing well, guess what we're working on all practice? We're passing. If we weren't shooting well, guess what we're going to work on all practice shooting? I the problem say, is they need to work on all of that individually. Yes, yeah, so and that's my that's point. It's a, it's a skill-based issue. Yeah. Why I go back to coaching, it's not just systems. It's little things like that. It just seems like it's not done together. And I think Tockett would boost something like that. But it, there is a strong possibility after what happened after all season. I'm not going to sit here and speculate. When there was rumors kicking around this year that Rob Brindamore may have not been back with Carolina next year. Yes. I, yep. I would go after Brindamore first. If you can, if he has rumored to be available, Tockett's probably still going to be there. Let's be honest. To be honest, I, I, would, I, I would. Yeah. I, th- I think the way he played the game and I think the way that he coaches, you've seen the successes he had with teams, especially with Carolina now. I think Brindamore would be your guy to go after. Look, I, 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 we, I led the show off with how much slack is AV getting from, from Fletcher. I think he's getting this entire season unless unless something absolutely catastrophic happens between now and Christmas, say, because we 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 continuously said that Christmas is a good benchmark. They're on a six games losing. I know. But what I'm saying is if they go, I don't know. I don't I couldn't tell you how many games they have between now and Christmas. Let's go with 15. Just go with 15. I'll get your point. If if they go, if they continue this six game losing streak, reach that ugly milestone of 10 finally end it, and then go on another one of five or six it's over that is when they will fire that that's when the change will be made they have a lot they have 11 it, games so they have 11 games okay including the rangers starting and then whenever yes, they including whenever, tomorrow they have 11 games going because they haven't rescheduled the islanders game so factor in possibly 12 depending on how the schedule works out correct like if you go six and six, they're not going to do anything with it. They're just going to fight through it, especially because despite the division being as tough as it is, you're still only four points out of a playoff spot in the wild card. So there's a possibility that Fletcher just says, we're sticking this out because he's going to sell himself to Kevin Hayes being out and Ryan Ellis, your top acquisition from this past off season being out. 
So unless they're healthy, I think Fletcher is going to convince himself that 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 AV can take the rest of the season of 82 games and figure it out. That's the whether that's right or wrong remains to be seen because you like you said, Tocket will be there in the offseason of 2022 if they have to make a move. Well, you don't know. That I don't think for they're sure. in a rush. I, 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 as I'm saying, you never know. There could be another team that could be yeah, like, you know what, we need a guy. I mean, look, Montreal, they just canned their GM. They just canned everybody up at the front office, basically rebuilding there. I, I bet you Ducharme, their coach, that got into a final last year, is probably not going to be around next season. But And the reason why that whole thing happened, by the way, is that Bergevin's contract was coming up this offseason anyway. And now the team's in a total disaster mode because they lost their two best players. But I this here's here's where I'm here's my concern with this team is that the Flyers, Chuck Fletcher did everything he needed to do to put the right tools in place to build this house. Mm-hmm. And you know what what Vigneault is doing with these tools, it is he's making a shed out of grass and dirt and saying, yeah. Oh, look, that's 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 what I that's what you asked me to build. Like, no, I gave you tools to go build with wood and all this other jazz. Can't think of a better analogy. That's all I can think of. But that's what I'm saying. Is that it's the three little pigs. It, the one made it out of sticks and the one that made it out of bricks. And we're making it out of sticks while the big bad wolf blows it down. And that's the entire NHL right now. Yeah. Blowing our house. <laughs> that down. is actually. It's our I blowing. I've better it, myself. Fantastic it, analogy. It's yeah. the truth, though. Like, that's where it's at. Like, like, legitimately, I will say this to wrap this up. The Flyers really need to think about making a coaching change. Look, all due respect to Lane Vigneault, he's great with the media and he's a good guy. He's been a good coach overall in his career. It's not working here. And yes, he might be a good guy. It doesn't mean he's a bad person. But if you're not getting the job done, you got to go, bro. The problem is, and here's where I where I continue. Do you trust? Because the 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 logic tells me or the, the yeah, the logic tells me if you fire AV tomorrow, it's either Mike Yo or Michelle Terrian for the rest of the way. Interim, interim. Yeah, that's fine. I'm just saying. But do you think that Michelle Terrian or, or Mike Yo at the interim level can turn this around? No. Tur- and guess what? Guess what? If they turn it around, they're getting hired on the full time basis. I guarantee. No, it. I don't think it'll work like that. Normally, when these if they make the deals- why wouldn't it? If he makes the playoffs, they absolutely Fletcher would absolutely just keep the status quo. No, 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 no. no, no, no. I- I'm saying if you're going to make a move this big, this isn't like hey. I'm going to turn, I'm going to fire you and then bring the assistant up to be that. that that's not the type of situation this is. Mm-hmm. They, they really need like to change everything. If that's the case, these coaches have proven they have not gotten the job done enough. So would you, this call is something it, where like, you, it's, it, this is a backdoor deal. This is a backdoor, like, hey, Rick, we're going to bring you on board. Gotcha. Once you get that, okay. your assistants bring on board, yeah. doing yeah. that. That's what Laviolette always did. Ke- La- Ke- Peter Laviolette always has Kevin McCarthy with him on his side as an assistant yeah. coach. He won't go anywhere with that. And that's his guy. I get yep. it. Like, there's a coach that you know and you're good, you tether and you trust him to it. You, 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 you do that. That's yep. Laviolette's guy. I bet you Tockett's got guys in mind like, I want these guys to coach me because I know what he's going to bring me. I know what he's going to bring me. The problem is, is that Vigneault has hooked his line to, uh, to Terrian. So if Terrian's going to be the guy like, hey, Lynn, you got to get it done. No, he's already said he's not going to get rid of him. He supports him 100%. Of course, he's going to say that in the media. But behind closed doors, if that's happening too, it's either he's got to go or you're all going. Like yeah. At some point, they've got to make the ultimate because – Having a six-game losing streak at this point of the season, when you've only scored three goals one three times in the last fourteen games, you have major problems, and you're in a division that's extremely hard. So, if you're already in seventh place at this point, you got a long way to go just to get to a friggin' wild card. So, I'm telling you right now, the Flyers are probably going to have to make this move sooner or later, and I would not be surprised at in the slightest if this gets close to ten games. 
by the time they go on that road trip to play the Devils, the Knight, Golden Knights, and the Cat and the Coyotes, we might see a change by the end of this week if that hasn't happened. If they drop to the Rangers or Lightning and Avalanche, guess what? Say ya, gone. I will. Gone. I will make a bet with you that that will not happen because oh, I think I, I don't I, see how they can give them the full season. With I this get kind it. Of product. I understand, but I think Fletcher just is is tied to the hip. I, I like he made the hire. Fletcher knows his guy. He know like. Holmgren did the same thing with John Stevens. The other thing also is let's talk about not just Fletcher and not just AV. Like the ownership of Elaine of the the Philadelphia Flyers don't give a crap. Like, let's be honest here. And the Comcast Spectacles group ever since Ed Snyder passed away does not care. They see a money printing machine. Bunny went off about that last week. Yes. That's my. That's who I was going to connect it to. Bundy going completely off on the Snow the Goalie podcast on that, and it, he's right. You cannot deny what he said. They only see a money printing machine. He, he was mostly focused on the crowd size for the a Hall of Fame game, and I get it, but it, it's a bigger issue. Like Dave Scott, the, someone brought up. I, it might have been Anthony Sanfilippo that that addressed. They did a Black Friday deal. Uh, after Thanksgiving, for no fees and all this other crap. For the yeah, tickets. I saw that. That, that was absurd. Was apparently, a middle finger to season ticket holders because chairman of Comcast Spectacles slash Philadelphia Flyers, Dave Scott, said that they would never list individual ticket prices below season ticket holders' pricing. Yeah. And they immediately did it on this Black yeah. Friday. Now, I look at it and say, well, it's one day. Is it really been that big a deal? In the grand scheme of things, yeah, it can be because it is a middle finger. Your your biggest corporate, your your biggest customer, or should be your your top priority, I should say, should be your season ticket holders. They spend the most money. They're going to the most games. They're spending a lot of product on your on. They're spending a lot of money on your product. Yeah. If you're not putting out what they think is fair on the ice or in the in the in the seats, why should they continue to do this? So I, I don't disagree. That's why I think like they're just so seen and apparently attendance is decent despite the slow, the trickle in effect of what this team is right now or what the stadium is right now. Like all they see is money. As long as they just continue to see money printing, they're not going to change. They're not going to change AV tomorrow. They're not going to change AV at 10 games. They're not going to change AV at 15 games. They are going to stick this out for 82 games of this crap until they're able to make a, a, easy transition as they would call it or a simplified transition because they're going to use the bullcrap excuse well we're banged up kevin hayes Derek broussard uh ryan ryan ellis all these other crappy players not crappy players i shouldn't say that but you know what i mean like it's it's just excuses upon excuses they're ignoring their captain and claude drew saying that's not an excuse like it's it's mind-boggling that we're at this point with the philadelphia flyers for the last what Eight years. When did when did Ed Snyder die? Like I don't. Ed Snyder died. I think in the during the fiftieth season. So I would say twenty sixteen. So twenty sixteen. Forty. Yeah. Like, come on. It's been almost ten years. Here's here's the problem. I I I see what you're saying. I just look at it this way: is that at some point, the fans are going to start really losing interest because they're becoming that mediocre team that they never yes. would have been. Underneath That's the, why they're there. going to gravitate to the teams like the Sixers and the Philadelphia Union who are making an impact. They've won one playoff series in or two playoff series in the last decade. Mm-hmm. They haven't sniffed anything since the final since 2010. 
I think at some point, yes, you're right. I, I, I think I'm one of the, they probably only see the money part of it. Fletcher's got to know at some point, though, that he's accountable for this, too. And I think that the fans are going to get sick and tired of all this changeover in the front office and people need to step up and because all they want to do is win. Yep. And I think the frustration thing the- is that I think here, and here's where I look at it. I think Fletcher did a fantastic job this offseason going and building a team that can be successful. I think they're severely under underperforming right now, but I really think it's on the coach. And yes, we're, you know, we're saying we're not hitting the panic button. We're sitting here freaking out about the coach. When it comes down to it, they're not a very well-coached team. And again, it's not an indictment so much on Elaine Vigneault because he's not a good coach. He's not the good co- good coach for this team. The style hockey Which he wants to play is also an indictment on Fletcher. That's a problem on Fletcher then, too, if we're going to talk about this. Because it, that's if Fletcher saw, a, if saw wanted to execute his vision, which he did in acquiring these players in the offseason, and then told Fletcher, or excuse me, A.V., hey, make a good team out of this. And you immediately see that that's not happening. That's on Fletcher for not. Well, realizing that's why that. Fletcher has to make a move. And I don't think yeah. that Dave Scott would have anything to do with that. They want to fire the coach. I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know. Because I think it would be interfering at that point. I think Fletcher would have a problem with that. I, I think I, what we've learned in the, in the scheme of Philadelphia sports, especially ever since the Eagles won the Super Bowl, owners are a lot more involved than we tend to realize. Yeah, but I don't know how involved in hockey ops a guy like Dave Scott would be. I think Maybe. they look at it from a PR standpoint, but I think I think that I think the way the GM set up in the NHL is that they're they're generally trusted to make the right decisions for that. They might bounce it off ownership and do things off of ownership. Like if you listen mm-hmm. to Brian Burke, you really get a good background about you know how he went about doing a certain things. Th- this is where I look at this situation and say though. Is that yes? Okay, let, this is why I don't put an indictment on Fletcher. Last year, I think they viewed it as a hiccup, as we talked about all the time. Hey, yeah, COVID, yeah, they blame big COVID problem, and all that. short yep. schedule. Yep. We're gonna get the right players for it. We're gonna do it again. I think to look at the injury and say, well, yeah, hasn't had a full team yet to see what they can do, and they've had injury problems, and I feel like they give them leniency because of that. Yes, but this team had problems even before those really those the, those things took place, like. Yes, they got a well, yeah, but they never had they didn't have Kevin. They've had Kevin Hayes for but two games. They haven't total. gotten better with the players they have. Yeah, that's the big problem here is that the, the players they have available to them, they have not gotten better. They've gotten worse. Yeah. And that's the indictment that's on the coach here is that's what I'm saying is that Vigneault is not the right coach for this team because even a guy like John Tortorella, like, well, he didn't really have that much talent in the Columbus, but he got him to work hard. And he got them the scrappiness enough to get them to win games. Yep. And and that's what you need out of a coach. Look, he took that team to a five-overtime game in the playoffs and, and beat a Toronto team that should have won that series a couple seasons ago. I'm not, I'm not clamoring for John Tortorella. I'm saying, but that's what a good coach does. Like, a good coach makes the team much better. You know, yes, despite everything that happened this past season, let, let's be real here, and you're going to flip out by me using this name. Before I'm not going to talk about the Kyle Beach situation, but Joel Quenville, just an example. Mm-hmm. He took a mediocre team in Florida and made them really, really good. Like they're really good. And a lot of it has to do with the coaching. The Chicago Blackhawks back when he was then three Stanley Cups. You don't win that by not being a good coach. Yes, you have foundations there, but even players moving in and out with all the cap problems he have, they still won two cups after 2010. Like Daryl Sutter taking a team like Los Angeles 
Okay. A team that could barely do anything alone at all. And then they make a change behind the bench, go to Sutter. And then they win two Stanley cups. And, and, and then, so John Cooper, how often has he had turnover on his roster? Yeah. Granted, yeah. They draft very well there, but how look at that. Look at the turnover. Look, he's gotten players like, Oh my God, this guy's out of nowhere. And he's just as good as the guy that left the team. Like you see a lot of players like that. That's good coaching. That's taking your talent and maximizing it and putting your team in the best position to win. That's not happening here. That doesn't mean that Vigneault's a bad coach because he did have a lot of success in Vancouver. He's one of the best coaches Vancouver's ever had. What a good team back then. He got the best out of them. They don't have that here. They do, they, he's, he's, he's not equipped to take this team to the next level. He did it with the Rangers once, and that team kind of never really got better after that. He kind of regressed. Yep. It was over a longer period of time. This team hasn't even got its head above water. And it's just they keep drowning. It's just he's not a bad coach. He's not a bad guy. He's not the right coach for this team. He's not the right coach for this team. And that's why I think the Flyers need to make a change is because you need to get a guy back there that's going to be tough nose. It's going to have an identity built with this city and understand what the fans want and what people are looking for. And have this team do one thing, play hard and also play smart. And, and at the end of the day, that's all the fans want. They, I don't want to see this sloppy play, this bad system play. Get in there. You work your ass off. You're going to lose some games. But I never expected this. When they construct this roster, I thought this team would be a lot better. But if yep. you can tell me, if at this point, if you've changed the roster and you've changed that core and you're not improving despite the injuries, you're getting worse, that's an indictment on coaching. That's why they need to move on from Vigneault. And I think that that's not – I think it's – if I'm looking at it from the outside in, they have to be thinking the same thing. If not, then I don't even know. I I, I throw my hands. If you're going to give me the entire season, just fans will start selling tickets now yeah. with the fees. Right. Piss off Dave with Scott. the fees. Yeah. 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 No, it, you're a hundred percent right. So, but if all goes to hell, like I, it sounds like we expect it to, there's a chance we're one game away. The next time we record from another 10 game losing streak, they got, uh, would have been 10 potentially if they had the Islanders game, but now they have New York, Pittsburgh, or excuse me, Tampa Bay, and then Colorado at home. Uh, New York is on the road. So six point, or excuse me, yeah, six points on the table here. Do I even want to ask your prediction? Like, what, 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 what are we doing here? Well, <laughs> I think the standings speak for itself. The Rangers are third in their division. They've won three in a row. Igor yeah. Shesterkins are very hard. They've, they've been playing very well lately. We all know what happened last season in that nine nothing loss. Um, I don't want to say that's going to happen again, but I could see it happening. They don't score in goals, and the Rangers are seventh in the league in in, in goals against. So I they're they're playing well defensively, they're average offensively, but lately they've been putting the puck in the net. And I look at this team, you know, winning three in a row, and I just say that's a division rival. That's a big game. You know, you're you're uh, you're you're going and you're playing a game at, at the Garden, which is always a fun arena to play against. I, the way they're playing, I can't give any confidence to them. Like I just don't see them being able to win a game like that. I feel like this is going to be a sloppy, sloppy loss, like a five-two loss or something like that, just because yep. they're just not going to be able to do enough, like they did against the Devils the other night. That was completely a winnable game against the Devils, and they crapped the bed. And then after that, you got to go play Tampa again. And Tampa is is another one that they're you it's know they lost one, but it's yeah. Tampa. Like you know what I mean? They, they the Flyers can never beat Tampa, and then you want to go off and play. Colorado, who's fourth in their division, but they've been up and down. 
Uh, they've had some issues where Darcy Kemper hasn't played as well as he should have, but they have a lot of talent there. Nathan McKinnon, Gabe Landeskog, Kale McCarr, you know, um, they're, they're overall, they're a solid, well-built team. And, you know, that's a team where, yes, they're fourth in their division, but they're a plus 17 goal differential. So they're, they're, they're lighting the scoreboard up. So I'm, you might walk away with a point this week. You, you yeah. might walk away with a point. I would say I might walk away with a point. Again, that's, that would be two weeks in a yeah. row where you only have a point. Yeah, that's and last week fireable. we thought three. It's a fireball offense. I, and, I, and I agree, and that's my point, is that I just I think that this team, you, you have to prevent them from spiraling like they did last year. They're very close to it. Six yep. in a row at this point in the season is a big, big problem. Having one good effort against Florida and then lackluster effort against the other – sorry, not effort – Lackluster performances against two teams and one Jersey Devils. You should have you should have had them, but a couple sloppy mistakes and defensive turnovers killed you. You have to look at it all and say it's just not working. You, you yeah. got to move on from it. Sadly, I think that this is a at best a three point week. I think this I think this losing streak goes to eight. Whether it's a shootout loss or regulation loss, it, this losing streak is going to eight because they're not beating new, the Devils in regulation. They're not beating Tampa at all, ever. Rangers won eight out of nine, too. Yeah. So they're playing really, really hot hockey right now. So, I, so I, your I best chance, say. your best chance to win, and it's not a good, easy chance for sure, is Colorado. Maybe you pull it out. I don't know. I don't. I imagine that would be a Martin Jones game. I imagine. I don't know what AV's thinking, oh, maybe, especially with I, the break. I think it might be a Carter Jones Carter type of type of schedule with Carter on New York and and Colorado maybe or he might just go with his status his the status quo of Martin Martin or excuse me Carter Carter Martin I don't know but 3 points at best and this win this losing streak goes to 8 yeah no now Panthers. you can spin it like oh we're gaining points but the fans don't don't care no, about that. No, 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 they no. They just no. see you've the L next year. Your loss. last six games, you've had yeah. one point in your last six. Oh, I'm sorry, two points in your last six games. Yep. You've left ten points on the table. It's absurd. And yep. Colorado too is another one that's really hot. Tampa's won six at eight. Colorado has won three, six. So there, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven out of their last eight. So you're going against really, really teams that are playing very, very well at a time the Flyers are starting backsliding. I'm a, I'm a pop. I'm like, I've always said I'm an optimist. I look at things positively. I'll be happy if they get. Well, no one won't be happy, but yeah. I'll be I'll be happy Content. if they get two points out of this week. Yeah. I, I'm thinking one, but yeah. I think at two points, I'm okay with that. But yet again, I'm not okay with that. And then by the time they get back here, and and, and by the end of next week, I gotta have a new coach in town if that's gonna happen. You you yep. cannot slide. And Are give we, up this many points this early because you're going to run into a situation where you're going to be back diving and going as far as you can, are, as far as battling and being worn down by the time you get to the playoffs for that push. Are we officially on emergency podcast alert? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I, 100%. Think, that, I think that's where we're at. Like Listen, if they fire, if they fire AV, we're going to jump on the mics and break it down because that's that's where we're at here. Yeah, I, I don't think we're. I think that people might think that they're, you know, like in your boat, like, ah, give him the season, give him the season. He hasn't coached a full 82 games yet. Okay, you don't need 82 games of this. No, they've because been, he has way more than 82 games on his resume. Right. That's, I, that's, just, like, come just on. A full season with COVID and all this stuff. Like they were playing well at the end of the or January, February of 2020. And all this happened. Yeah, I, I just don't. Which is, is which, which you can spin as a sign that that could happen again this season, because now that you got a fresh start in October, you can buy January, February. Maybe you're back to where you were in 20. Not holding my breath. That's for damn sure. But we'll see. 
I mean, that that's really all it is. Uh, that is going to do it for this week's episode of Orange and Backcheck. Make sure you are following us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff at Orange and Backcheck, at OBackCheck on Twitter. Uh, shoot us an email at orangeandbackcheck at gmail.com if you have any questions. What are your thoughts? Is AV getting the entire season? Or is he going to be gone by next week if this losing streak continues? Let us know at orangeandbackcheck at gmail.com. For Scott, I'm Bill Kornfeld. We'll talk to you next week. Give me a new damn coach.